I did not know why Brother Christian all of a sudden just took off his uh, suit. <laughs> all right, so I hope that song really touched our hearts and blessed us. Who won't agree that God is truly good, right? The goodness of God is just running over us and God is good all the time. God is good, amen. And we just really want to give glory to God for that song. And uh, what a privilege and honor for me to be able to sing with Brother Christian. <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> All right, uh, we've been hearing that a lot, uh, amen. This morning, the title of the message was... <laughs> If you're saved and you know it, say, Amen. If you're blessed and you know it, say, Amen. If you're sleepy and you know it, say, <laughs> If you're hungry and you know it, say, Wait, we just ate. We just had lunch. All right, so yes, this is a sleepy hour and don't sleep on me. Amen. Uh, Brother Robert said it's raining outside. Is it still raining? So you're stuck here, right? We're all stuck here. So there is no limit in our preaching this afternoon. <laughs> Amen. All right, but you know me, right? <laughs> all right, so looking forward also to the update from our um, project Nehemiah later on. But let us just devote this time once again. I know that maybe some of you are tired and sleepy, but I don't know where... To get that strength and um, eagerness and um, zeal, but I believe that, well, this is God's um, message, amen, and this is very sacred time, so hopefully we'll still be able to direct our, all our attention to God's word, amen? And we are here, we know that um, we are here to worship God, to praise Him um, wholeheartedly, and that should be our only motive. If we do have a true and correct purpose and motive before God, I believe we will really pay attention to His Word. Amen? Yeah. Although this is the last message we've heard a lot, and I believe we have used our brains um, today, but hopefully there's still some processing we can do. Amen? And let us use also not just our brain, but also our heart. Amen? As we listen to God's word. So without further ado, I'd like to request everyone to open our Bibles, grab our Bibles, and open it with me in the book of Jeremiah. And please, everyone, stand as we give reverence to God's word. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10, and we'll read it all together. Are you there? Amen. On verse 4, ready now, begin. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. 
Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words into thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Thank you so much. Let's um, have a word of prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, once again, we are so glad that we can be here together as your um, children, as a um, house church and body of Christ to be able to study thy word all together. At the same time, help us to have one spirit because we have one truth and such a great um, privilege for us to be doing this without persecution, Lord, without swords um, surrounding us. But as long as we have liberty and freedom, Lord, we really do appreciate this time. And we just pray for the Holy Spirit. Uh, for his power to move in our midst, in our hearts, in our minds. Lord, may the works of the devil uh, be um, not in this place, Lord God, and I pray that you will be the one who will be glorified. And we just really want to thank you for your word and for this time. We give all the praise and glory to your name in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You may now be seated. Thank you so much. And... Um, the title of our message this afternoon is Overwhelming Assignments. I have a question to everyone this afternoon. The word overwhelming, it could be positive or negative, right? You know, if you feel so blessed, if you feel so, you know, hyped up with all the goodness of God that, you know, I don't know, this week maybe you have heard like a really good news or a positive thing from someone or from somewhere and it made you feel overwhelmed, right? Overwhelmed with all the blessings. But overwhelming could also be in a negative sense when you have a lot of assignments, you know, when you have a lot of things to do, when you have a lot of things in mind. Maybe this week some of you have encountered a lot of struggles and problems and, you know, um, pressures in life. So that could also be overwhelming. But praise God uh, because even though sometimes we face overwhelming situations in our life, we believe that as a child of God, He is always there for us. Amen? And you know, sometimes our tasks are overwhelming in our assignments. But before we continue on, um, I have this short video clip that is, um, uh, maybe, it's not maybe related directly to our message, but there's a caption that says, actual footage of Jesus rescuing me from horrible decisions. Let's see. <laughs> okay, what just happened there? <laughs> I was watching that last night. Pastor Jether was hearing it like, in loop like over and over again because <laughs> it's really funny but some it is true right because you know a lot of times that God is rescuing us from those horrible pits and decisions that we made in the past but we're humans uh, we tend to do the same thing over and over again um, so that's the actual footage of Jesus rescuing but praise be to God because he's always there for us amen and you know, in regards to that, sometimes also God is giving us some tasks and responsibilities and assignments that the Lord is keep on giving us, revealing to us through His Word. But a lot of times as a child of God and as a Christian, we tend to just ignore it 
you know, being stubborn, being hard-headed of the things that we have to accomplish as a Christian. Amen? As a child of God. Overwhelming assignments. You know, in case you didn't know it, God is not the least bit shy about asking feeble men to do things that are way out of our comfort zone. He is the God that on a regular basis will ask you and me to do what we think is humanly impossible. Make no mistake, God asks us to do many things that seem small and insignificant. The Bible is filled with instructions that are simple, that are not complicated, but there are times that God gives us an assignment that is overwhelming. Do you agree on that? You know, our uh, main character today is none other than God himself, of course, and him using this servant, Jeremiah. He gave Jeremiah a very overwhelming assignment. Who knows um, this character from the Bible, Jeremiah? Anyone? Okay, um, is there anyone here? We don't know anyone here from our church who has this name, right? Jeremiah? Germain, <laughs> we have Germain, close to Jeremiah. All right, so I will give you some, you know, things about Jeremiah for us to be able to really um, grasp where this message is coming from, how the assignment really is so overwhelming for Jeremiah. Now, the, the, name, him, the name itself, it is referred, when you hear the word Jeremiah from the Bible, what is that, you know, a statement or description that we usually remember about him. He cries a lot. Baby cry. The weeping prophet. Imagine that. So did you ask yourself why he is called the weeping prophet? When you say, um, how are you, Jeremiah? Is, is he going to start, you know, <laughs> teary eyes, crying? My day was so bad. Weeping prophet. Uh, I don't know if we do have that kind of Christian here, the weeping Christian. <laughs> or maybe. All right, so let's see. The reason why he is called weeping prophet, this designation comes from his tender concern. He really has the heart about his countrymen's impending punishment. You know, the reason why God called him to be a prophet um, to the Israelites because there's a message from God. You know, that a punishment is about to come. Of course, Judah, or Israel here, did refuse to repent and was taken captive. The prophet also had plenty to weep about because of the way he was treated. Okay? You know, his family members turned against him. And his message from God was rejected. As he told God, I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. Jeremiah also lamented for Josiah. You know, the king during his time, this was presumably for King Josiah's unfortunate death and for the punishment the prophet realized would soon come upon the nation because King Josiah was a, um, king Josiah was a good king. The one who replaced him was not a good king. It was an evil king. So he was thinking of all those. That's why, oh, this is not going to be easy. 
is not going to be an easy task assignment for Jeremiah. In the 13th year of King Josiah, king of Judah, God called Jeremiah when he was still a youth. Amen? We believe that even though you're still young, God can call you. Amen? God can use you even though you're young. In fact, God had already set Jeremiah apart for the office of a prophet before he was even born. Even when he was still in his mama's belly. You know, God already ordained him in order to take God's words to all Israel and to the nations. And who was the father of Jeremiah? Okay. Um, he was the son of Hilkiah. Hilkiah, a Levitical priest, was likely born between 650 and 645 BC. And he was from this small village, what is um, his birthplace? Anathoth. Okay, that's his birthplace. So in our text here, let us notice several key aspects about Jeremiah's overwhelming assignment. So these are just outlines of um, his overwhelming assignments. Letter A, the ordaining of Jeremiah. We have read that in verse 5, that God ordained him as a prophet unto the nations. Okay, not just one nation, but a lot of nations, the whole nation of Israel. The objection of Jeremiah, he said, I cannot do it, Lord. I cannot speak. You know, just like Moses, just like maybe some of us. You know, sometimes when the pastor is asking us to do things, oh, pastor, I cannot do that. All right, same thing as Jeremiah. He had an objection, but the Lord said, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to make you able. Amen? All God wants from us is our availability and willingness, and he is all-powerful to make us able. Amen? The objection of Jeremiah, the overpowering of Jeremiah, the obligation of Jeremiah and the opposition to Jeremiah and the overcoming of Jeremiah. Now let us uh, look further here. I got this from Life and Ho Hope and Truth um, reading. Jeremiah announces Jerusalem's fate. So the reason why Jeremiah's um, assignment was really so overwhelming during that time. It was not like the prophet Jonah when, he, when God told him, go to where? Nineveh? And just preach this. And a lot of people repented. A lot of people got saved. But is it the same, you know, case with Jeremiah? God told Jeremiah to announce Jerusalem's coming destruction by invaders from the north. And this is going to be Babylon. God's people had broken their covenant with God. And they had forsaken God by worshiping the false gods called Baal. And even went as far as building altars to Baal in order to burn their children as offerings. Imagine, you know, the people of God doing this. They did not just build, you know, altars and all that idols, but they're even sacrificing their own children as an offering. Jeremiah exposed some of the persistent sins of the people, including pride, and ingratitude toward God's loving kindness. Other specific sins he identified included idolatry, adultery, oppressing the foreigners, orphans, and widows, lying and slander, and Sabbath breaking. Now, how many of these sins are being repeated in our modern world? Right? We don't have Sabbath breaking, but we do have Sunday breaking. Amen? 
We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Amen? That's why it's so important. But some of us, sometimes we break that. Jeremiah announced that the effects of sin would be that God would withdraw his blessings. Amen? If there is rebellion, if there is disobedience, Always, you know, the blessing of God will be withdrawn from that place. The nation would now be faced with famine and starvation. Invaders would plunder them, and finally they would be taken captive in a foreign land. So what happened here? Jeremiah witnessed the fulfillment of God's warnings of disaster, and he would share in the sorrow and troubles that would follow the destruction of Israel. So he was the one who prophesied it. The message was there's going to be a destruction. There's going to be a punishment. But you know what? When he predicted that, when he relayed that message to the people, it's not like the people was the, the people um, only were the ones who experienced it, but of course, Jeremiah himself went through it. In fact, very soon after Josiah died, within the 11 years of King Jehoiakim's short reign, Babylon attacked Judah's cities repeatedly until the total destruction of Jerusalem and the collapse of the Jewish nation came. Jeremiah lived in Jerusalem through this terrible time, witnessing its siege and destruction at the hands of the Babylons. And look at this. God even forbade Jeremiah from taking a wife during his ministry. Maybe same thing with Apostle Paul, right? That's the reason, because apparently God chose to spare Jeremiah the additional terror and worry he would have faced had he had a wife and children during this time. Imagine. You know, when he would be able to face this alongside with, you know, his wife and his family, but God spared him for all those worryings and terror. Jeremiah prophesies despite persecution. When King Josiah died, Jeremiah's hardships as a prophet of God increased. His message aroused great hostility and death threats, especially in his native city. What's his native city again, his birthplace? Anathoth, right? Even his own relatives conspired against him and betrayed him. His persecution increased in Jerusalem when a priest named Pashur sought out Jeremiah to have him bitten and put in the stocks at the upper gate of Benjamin for a day. After this, Jeremiah lamented the hardship that he had, to, that he had come to him for speaking God's words. He is getting persecuted for doing a good thing. He was speaking God's words to the people, but then he got persecuted. He lamented the hardship that came to him. Imagine all our Sunday school teachers. You know, while, while we are having Sunday school teachers here, imagine those Sunday school teachers that just taught us today. What if, like, after that, they're gonna, someone's going to, like, grab them and put them to jail or somewhere? All our Sunday school teachers, if you know that there's going to be hardship and persecution like that, would you still teach? Would you still teach? Amen? <laughs> okay, now there's a big question mark in their face. See the freedom and the liberty we have right now. But during his time, 
He's doing, following God's will. That's why it's so easy to follow God's will in our time right now. But sometimes it's still so hard for us to follow, right? But during those times, just doing the right thing, you're going to be persecuted. That happened to Jeremiah. It was difficult to have become a laughing stock to the people and get a target of mockery. Later, spiteful men obtained the king's approval to arrest Jeremiah for prophesying disaster because his message was really negative. There's going to be punishment, you know, so they don't like it. You know, some people, if they don't like to hear the word of God, sometimes they just really don't receive it. But most of the time, you know, God's sermon is really a sermon, right? It's a message. Sometimes we don't like it, but we need it, right? These men then lowered Jeremiah by ropes into a cistern. You know what a cistern is? It's like, um, it's not a well, but during those times, maybe like a big container that is buried under the ground. And it is um, acquiring rainwater, and they use it, you know, um, when it, when it rains, just like today, so that after the rain, they have like fresh water, rainwater. So that's a cistern. They actually put him there. They sank him into a layer of mud in Jeremiah 38, verse uh, 1 to 6. When another court official learned about that, Je Jeremiah's fate, he persuaded the king to let him rescue before Jeremiah before he starved to death at the bottom of the cistern. Those persecution. Yet... Out of all those things, Jeremiah knew he had to speak the message of God that the Lord had given him. He wrote how if he tried to resist speaking what God told him to speak and tried to not even mention God's name, God's words became like fire in his heart. And he was unable to hold them in. Let's open our Bibles in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. I hope that all our teachers, all our preachers will have this kind of spirit. Amen. All, our, all um, God's children, you know, all the soul winners of our church. You know, it's like if you don't share it, it's going to really make you feel uncomfortable. Because you just really have to let it out. This is what Jeremiah is feeling at that moment, even though there are persecutions around him. Jeremiah 20 verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. He was like telling, yes, God, God's message was in him. And if he's not going to speak it out to the people, even though they don't like it, they feel like it's a disaster, but I still have to do it. God told Jeremiah that if he would boldly speak his words and not shrink back in fear of the people, he would give him the strength he needed to withstand the persecution. God told him in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 20 to 21, I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you. Can we hear a loud amen to that? You know, some of us here, we are facing really challenges in our workplace, 
you know, sometimes we really have the, we really feel the burden to be a good testimony, to share God's word, to share the good news to other people. So hopefully this will be an encouragement to all of us. You know, yes, it is an overwhelming assignment. And mind you, all of us here, we do have a responsibility and a task to really be a light and salt of this world. Amen. If Jeremiah, yes, maybe not a lot of fruits, but I think the, the reason here is that, and the thing here is that he was really able to do what God told him to do. And that's what matters most in our lives. So I would give you, what time is it? All right. How long am I been here? All right, so just three simple things. All right, we are now going to the practical side of this lesson. Several things we can notice about overwhelming assignments. First is a task that is delegated. And then the second, a trust that is demonstrated. And the last is a triumph that is declared. All right, so the first one, a task that is delegated. I have always marveled at the way God chooses to work. You know, his ways are really unimaginable. His ways are mysterious. It is um, out of our, you know, world. And imagine he created the entire universe in just how many days? In six literal days. With all the things that we are enjoying seeing right now, imagine just six days. He created that. Isn't he amazing? Isn't he wonderful? You know, we're starting to get really nice uh, warm weather and people are starting to book tickets, plan vacation, plan trips. And I know that every time we go to like really nice places, I don't know about you, but every time I see really nice places and, you know, uh, breathtaking views of this world that God has created, it always reminds me of, wow, our creator, that there is really someone who is behind everything in this world. Even when we look at our own selves, you know, like how our body is functioning, you know, um, it's just mind-blowing. Our mind, how it works. Can you explain how our mind works? Um, is there like a brain transplant now? Uh, but there's a heart transplant, right? But no brain transplant. All right, it's just amazing looking at the creation of God. And imagine he just created all of those in six days. You know, our, our church building here, we're just asking for a variance to be approved. It's already taking us six months. <laughs> we're not even starting the construction yet, the creation yet. Um, but God created everything in six literal days. And guess what? Did he create it using his hands and like his feet? He just spoke the words. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be firmament. Let there be animals. Let there be waters in the sea. Let there be creeping things. Just by uttering those words, everything came into existence. Isn't he amazing? He spoke the world into existence, yet he chooses to assign seemingly impossible jobs to weak and feeble humanity. 
You know, there are lists in the Bible who were given overwhelming assignments by God. This is going to be a short Bible quiz for all of us. All right? It's not hard. Okay, in Genesis chapter 6, who was tasked to build an ark and put two of every animal on the earth, on earth, on the task? Okay, Moses? (laughs) Who is it? Noah. Noah. Right? So that was his task. It is kind of overwhelming, right? No one ever seen an ark or a boat before, but God asked him to do it. So Noah, all he has to do is obey and believe, you know? So it was a hard task. What about in Genesis 12, who was already 75 years old, very old, and he was told to leave his country. He's like already established there. You know, he had everything working in that place. But then in his old age, God told him to go leave his country and go to a place where he had no idea where it was. Who was that? Abraham. Correct. Wow, two points. We're doing good. All right, what about this person who was sent to confront Pharaoh and deliver the children of Israel from slavery? It's not Noah. It's Moses. Correct again. What about this person who was tasked to help bring down the walls of Jericho? Jericho, <laughs> Jericho, Joshua, correct. What about this one? He was, he's supposed to uh, raise up a man to lead the people of God against an overwhelming force. <laughs> no, uh, It's Gideon in Judges chapter 6. And he's well known at leading how many men? The 300 men. All right, who was the one to lead the people of God to rebuild the walls and gates of Jerusalem? Jeremiah? Nehemiah. All right, you're still awake. What about who was given the task of sharing the gospel with every human being on planet Earth? You and me. The church. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. The church. So our task, it is a big task. It is an overwhelming task. If you don't feel the burden of that task, then you won't be able to do it. First is let us realize and acknowledge that there is a task for all of us as a church and as an individual Christian. But you know what? In every situation, God could have done it without man. God could have done it better, actually, without man. But he chose to use you and me. He chose to use Jeremiah during that time. He could have used someone who can really speak nice, very eloquent and very courageous and powerful, a man who will not cry easily and weep easily, right? But it is very mysterious. God chose Jeremiah. In our time, he chose us. And we do have certain tasks as a child of God. Amen? We do have responsibilities, and these responsibilities are opportunities and privileges that God has given us for us to be able to exercise the gifts that God has given us. Amen? If you're a Christian, we do all have gifts. You cannot say, I don't have a gift. No, you do have a gift. We are called to be a light and salt ambassador. We are called to serve God. We are, we are called to pray for one another. We are called to worship Him. We are called to love one another, to love God. That is our task. Secondly, amen? 
A trust that is demonstrated. Have you heard about trust and fall? I was going to do a little activity here. I'm going to ask maybe four men and a volunteer who will fall. <laughs> you know, like trust and fall, you will, you know, uh, the four guys are going to catch you and you will just do this. <laughs> All right, any volunteer? Oh, Keith. <laughs> Wait, Kate, before you, she's already taking over. <laughs> she's ready to do it. Um, what about four men? Are there volunteers? Oh, Brother Christian, <laughs> of course, the dad. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let, I, I, would, I would just like to show it how, how it goes. All right, so we do have Brother Christian. I need four more. I mean, three more. Someone who has a muscle. Jay? All right, Jay, they're volunteering you. All right, two more. Pastor Jether? All right, we need really trustworthy ones. <laughs> All right, so one more. Brother Alex, Ninong? <laughs> All right, let's see. Trust and fall. All right, um, Kate, you'll be here. You'll be awesome. You're elevated. And then the four of you. Oh, backwards. Yeah, backwards. The trust. All right, so do you trust them? Sure. Yeah, I think you have to lower. But then you're going to bend your knees. I think it has to lo be lowered. Okay. Wait, we have to, I think, there's fixing we need to do here. Is it too high? I think it's too high. Don't jump too, too high. Okay. Just fall. Slowly, can you do it so slowly? <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. When, let me know if you're ready. Yeah, I think you're too far. Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. All right, thank you so much, Kate. Wow, Kate ha has a lot of faith. See, when I asked that, she was the first one to... I'll do it. I hope that's how we really trust God. You know, um, when was that? Um, I think Pastor Sam also mentioned that. Just, you know, those chairs that we are sitting on right now. You know, we just noticed it because we've been doing it a lot. And we have been sitting on those chairs every Sunday. I know you have your own chairs, like <laughs> an assignment. <laughs> Our sister Naomi is always there, Brother Jay is always there, Sister Bianca. You know your chair, <laughs> right? 
You know, sometimes when everyone's here and we have a visitor, it's like they don't have a spot anymore because all the members, oh, that's mine. <laughs> and if there's a member that's earlier than us, you know, oh, our vi he doesn't know that that's my spot, okay? <laughs> all right, because truly, like, there's already, like, an assigned chair for you. And sometimes we don't really pay attention, but you put your faith and trust in that chair when you when you sit it because you, all your weight, you know? So that's how trusting is. That is how trusting is. And you know what? Sometimes God asks us to do things we never thought we could do to make us rely upon Him. You know, it's funny here. God loves it when we are forced to rely on Him. And even sometimes the difficult situations in our lives God would give us. You know, it's not like when we are experiencing sickness. It's like God is like laughing. <laughs> he's sick. <laughs> he's, he has cancer. Let's see if he is going to trust me on this. No, it's not like that, but you know what I mean, right? When we are going through those difficult moments in our lives, and yes, the Lord sometimes allow it to happen to us because it is different when we trust him in those really hard circumstances in our life. And even us, we will appreciate God during those times. You know, He is pleased when man puts faith in Him. In fact, nothing else pleases Him. In Hebrews 11.6, it was also mentioned this morning, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So without faith, we won't be able to please God without trust. In each case, there was a need for faith in God. So under this, we have three things. Trust God, trust in God's process. Amen? Trust in God's process. We need to trust that God knew what He was doing when He chose us for the job that He wants us to do. And you know, sometimes this is the hardest part. The beginning and the ending, sometimes it's easy. You know, take the task, accept it. It's easy at the beginning. At the ending, we are looking forward to the result, right? But the process, sometimes it takes long. And that is when we are being tried. And that is when we really need to put our trust in God. So we need to trust God in His process. Trust in God's partnership. Amen? Beautiful verse. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Christians, if you're a child of God, remember that we don't face this life alone. Always remember that God is our partner. He is always there with us. And we can rely on Him and we can trust Him in every area of our life. You know, God will not just answer our prayers when it comes to His work. You know, we also have our own affairs in life. Whether school or work, we can always ask His strength. Amen? For students, if you have like some tests or exams coming up, you can always ask God and He'll be with you to give you knowledge and wisdom. Amen? In our workplace, we can always ask strength from God. He is our partner. So let us trust in God's partnership. You know, He has promised to help us and be with us. You know, it's not like He sends you off and you're on your own. 
Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Colossians 1.29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So trust in God's process, in God's partnership, and last, trust in God's power. Amen? The job, yes, was overwhelming, but the God that called also enabled. Amen? The God that called us also will enable us. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Amen? You know, um, in our church, I have seen some, you know, Christians who are really stepping up to do some of, you know, things that God wants them to do. And praise God for for all our members who are striving to do better, you know, for the Lord. Colossians 1.29, Whereunto I also labor, is striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I just read that, right? God has promised to help us do what he has assigned us to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. So God promised never to put more on us that we could bear. Amen. God knows our limitations also. He had faith in us in giving us those tasks and responsibilities and assignments. Now the question is, do we have faith in him? Do we have faith in him? So a trust that is demonstrated. And lastly, amen, a triumph that is declared. In every one of these instances, God used men and women to accomplish the impossible. But in every one of these, the men could not and would not take credit for what was done. God called, God enabled, and God is the one who gets the glory for the accomplishment. You know what? Here's the thing. Once we understand that God asks us to do the impossible task in order to glorify himself, you know, it changes everything. God is not giving you an overwhelming assignment to show you what you can do. God is not giving us an overwhelming assignment to prove that you can't do it or that you can God is not giving us an overwhelming assignment to show others what you can do. God is not giving us an overwhelming assignment to cultivate some secret talent or ability. God asks us to do impossible things in order for Him to get the glory when they are accomplished. You know, that's how it works. You know, all our accomplishments here, actually, we, we cannot take credit of any of it because we know that our life, even our life, is His. Amen. Our ability came from Him and even our time, our strength, everything came from God. So know that we have a task to do. We have a purpose and He has a plan for us. 
Amen. And as we do our task in our service to Him, in our worship to Him, let's do it in faith, by grace, and for His glory. Amen. A small task or even overwhelming assignments, let us trust His process, amen, His partnership, and His power. Whether in school, whether in work, even in our family, Amen. We do have overwhelming assignments when it comes to our family also, right? In our church, and let us do all for His glory. Closing verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. You know, I will close with this. Um, the reason why we sang that song, well, Brother Christian really loved that song. And recently, I really appreciate the goodness of God in my life. Um, I had an interview uh, for this new job that was offered to me in New York City uh, two Wednesdays ago. And I told this to um, some of our young professionals. I really so feel overwhelmed of the goodness of God in my life. Um, when I was about to go to the interview, I was driving because it was only virtual. It was 8 in the morning, and my, the start of my work is like 9 o'clock, so um, I'll still be able to get to my current job um, after the interview. While I was driving my car, going to the interview, I just really felt so overwhelmed with uh, the goodness of God. And I started, you know, thinking a lot of things, you know, in my life. When it comes to career, I started working for Stop and Shop for six years. Can you imagine that? And there's even a coworker who is 85 years old told me that, you know what? I think you can do better than this job. <laughs> You're smart for this job. <laughs> and I just, you know, you know, because our job is really easy. You know, you just reset stuff. You put new things. You take old stuff out. And like this old guy, that's why I really, I really wanted to know his address and his contact number. I really wanted to visit him and call, um, you know, just tell him that I think you were right. <laughs> so I really, I just remembered him. Um, so I worked for Stop and Shop for six years, and then I was given the privilege to work with Sister Nelia uh, two years now. And now this offer uh, in New York City. So I was telling myself, who am I? You know, I'm really so undeserving to this blessing. Well, I was about to go to the interview. It's not like I already got the job, right? But I was really, really just so thankful to God, you know, for all these opportunities that God is giving me. So it doesn't matter whether I'm going to get the job or I'm going to fail it. I'm going to, you know... I don't know if I'm going to nail it or what, but I really prayed for it. And I started crying because of the goodness of God in my life. And when I started crying, because, you know, I played the music and all that. When you're starting to get emotional, don't play any music because it's going to make you just like Jeremiah, a weeping prophet. So imagine I was driving and I was like really crying. Um, so... I was really crying because of the goodness of God in my life. But then also while I was crying, I realized, why am I crying for this opportunity and blessing from God? 
And I just remembered something that we do have as a Christian that we don't deserve, but we have it, and that is salvation. All of a sudden, it just really reminded me of God's love to us. Because at that moment, I feel like this opportunity is, I, I'm not deserving of this, but then God also reminded me that, hey, this is just a job. <laughs> I have given you something that is even more precious than that, and that is salvation. God's love and his relationship to us. That's why even though I failed this interview, even though I don't get this job, as long as I have God's love in me, and we have relationship and we have salvation in Christ, then that's all that matters in this world. But on a good note is I passed the interview and I got the job. I'm going to start March 8. March 8. Oh, no, May 8. <laughs> and I thank God. I have a new boss, Sister Lela. <laughs> uh, pray for me. This is going to be a new venture, especially the commute, going to the city, uh, especially on Wednesdays. I have to go there. Hopefully, I'll still be able to make it to the prayer meeting and do all this stuff. But I really trust God in everything. You know, and as we close, the reason why I mentioned about secular assignments and secular job, as a Christian and living in this country, yes, most of us here are employed. You know, we do work, but let us be reminded that if you're a Christian, our work is not the real thing. Amen? We need to balance. We do have secular work, secular assignment. At the same time, we do have spiritual assignment and work. Because that is my prayer, too, that I would be able to balance everything. You know, um, one of the persons that I really look out, that we really look out when it comes to this, is Pastor Max. Right? He has a secular job, but at the same time, he's been a pastor to this church for so many years. But he was able to do both, to balance it. So, hopefully, as a Christian, we will be reminded of that. Amen? Let us be involved in the work of God. Amen? Let us do this overwhelming assignment together. And if we are doing it together, the work is going to get lighter. It's going to be easier for us. This overwhelming assignment that God has given us, we will really enjoy it because we know that we are all doing it together as a church, praying for one another, serving God together, working for his glory together. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the opportunities and privileges that you are giving us, Lord. Uh, what an encouragement to see our fellow Christians here in this church really striving together to work in your vineyard because, yes, Lord, this is not something that we can do for eternity, forever in our lives because this life that you have given us is just so limited. The time we have here on earth is so limited. That's why help us to do whatever we can, the best we can, while still we can. Lord, help us to take all the opportunities that we can get to be able to share our faith with someone that you have brought us. Help us, Lord God, to do all our services to you with not our might, but your might, your power, and your strength. Lord, if there is someone here who is really weak spiritually, I pray that you continue to speak to us your word be our 
light and a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Be our strength, be our guide. Lord, thank you so much for all your blessings. Thank you for your word, your words that were preached today, that were taught. We give all the praises and glory to your name in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Thank you.